0: about the watermelon man ross chastain wins at coda and he becomes the third different driver in six races to become a first-time winner in 2022 welcome back to the money stop this is the most important stop of the day and with cole i'm Stephen cusimano and cole i mean we're at a point in the year now where this just comes as no surprise like if you would have said coming into the year that ross chastain is a winner in race number six you might be surprised but It feels like the entire season has been leading up to this. Three straight, top three finishes, including back-to-back runner-ups at two different types of tracks, and then we go to our first road course race of the season, and it finally happens for Team Trackhouse. Ross Chastain, a winner finally in the NASCAR Cup Series, and it feels like it's is—it's not an exaggeration at all to say that it's been a long, long, long time coming. And, I mean, the craziest part, Cole, is that When it comes to Ross Chastain, I would say the last four weeks, it's been undebatable. He has been by far and away the best driver in the sport over that time. So my question to you, Cole, is in this season of wild cards, in this season of craziness and a new car and all these new circumstances, is Ross Chastain the favorite for the championship at this point in the season? I was thinking about that. It's tough to say who's going to be a favorite for the championship, being that
1: we're like 30 weeks away from that, 30 races away from that. (laughs) <laughs> but I would definitely say at this point in time that that one team is most complete in the garage. They're executing on pit road. I think Ross Chastain's ferocity and fearlessness are what make him such a unique and successful driver, especially with this next-gen car, because we saw in the Xfinity and the Truck Series throughout his career, he's all-take, no-give mentality, and I think that's really shining with these new composite bodies, which are more durable. I think, once again, we saw at Coda, it was all about minimizing mistake- mistakes with the next-gen car. Ross Chastain kept it clean on track relatively, except for when he gave the bumper to A.J. Allmendinger for the win. And then we saw, once again, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, had trouble on pit road late in the race with really good cars. But just speaking on that one team,
0: once again, stellar all day. And it's just been a really good season for the, that number one team. Not just the number one team, but Team Trackhouse as a whole, it looked like for a minute there, and by a minute I mean the first stage, that Daniel Suarez had a really good chance at winning that race. One stage, one, and then obviously ran into some trouble. But, I mean, if there's been one message that has been made clear in the first six races, and there have been many, but I think if there's one thing we can confidently say, it is that Trackhouse Racing is here to stay, and they're they're here for the long haul. Without a doubt, I would say, honestly, at this point in time, that they're showcasing the most consistent
1: speed in the garage area, probably on par with Hendrick Motorsports. But even then, I would say, like, Kyle Larson hasn't been on his A-game. Chase Elliott has been consistent, but he hasn't been able to put a full race together. And then you kind of had mixed bag with uh, Alex Bowman, who I think actually may be the second best car in that stable right now, and uh, William Byron, who's kind of coming into his own at this point. But Team Track House is, without a doubt, a force to be reckoned with this season. And I think that we're going to see probably more wins from Ross Chastain and definitely one from uh, Daniel Suarez here in the very near future.
0: And it's funny, Cole. I mentioned at the very top, we have had three first-time winners in the first six races, which is just... It's crazy to say in general, but especially coming off a year where one driver was so dominant and won 10 races, one of the most dominant seasons in the sports history. And here you are with such a a diverse field of of potential winners that you have three first timers. So it's like my mind turns to what's next. And it really, I, I said, it felt like the entire season was leading up to a guy like Ross Chastain winning a race. Sure it was. And then also Chase Briscoe, another one of the drastically overperforming drivers compared to what his performance was last year. And you think about what's next, it seems like Tyler Reddick would be next on that list. But like, I think we're getting to a point again, I kind of said something like this last week, but we're getting to a point to where we know which drivers are going to be a force to be reckoned with every week. And it's these same guys who were, they weren't non-factors last year, especially in the case of Chestain and Reddick, they were contending every so often and every other week, but they're real contenders for the win. Uh, in a very big way to the point where we can start calling them favorites for some of these races, it feels like.
1: I think you're a 1,000% right. At this point in the season, we can definitely tell who's going to be contender down the stretch. I think that Ross Chastain's by far been the best car and that one team's been the best in the garage area. I think you got to take, obviously, like I mentioned, Chase Elliott and Ryan Blaney in consideration. I would say that Chase Elliott's been the most consistent driver this season, but pit road has definitely burned them as has been the case with Ryan Blaney. And I think that's exemplified by their struggles to get results because Ryan Blaney has most laps led this season. And I think they're, they've been the fastest car, but they can't put a, a complete race together. And then there's Tyler Reddick, one of the most consistent cars all season as well and fast on a weekly basis. So I, I would say right now, those are the top four contenders in my mind for this, uh, this season right now.
0: And I guess we ought to look back on the results from this week. And it's, uh... Specifically, kind of recap our picks for the win and our sleepers. Let's just look at the top 10 real quick. Ross Chastain, of course, the winner. Really great finish, by the way. I didn't even mention yet, but that was an awesome, awesome final lap. Uh, Alex Bowman, after the uh, the good race uh, in the truck series the day before, ended up finishing second there at Coda. Christopher Cole, your sleeper, ended up third. Chase Elliott, you mentioned the consistency all year, despite the poor uh, money stop performances by the nine team. He ended up fourth, Tyler Reddick, yet another top five, he's fifth, Ryan Blaney ended up sixth, Martin Truex Jr., another solid day in seventh, Austin Sindrick had by far and away his best race of the season other than the Daytona 500 with an eighth place finish, Eric Jones and Austin Dillon rounded out the top ten, a couple of uh, surprises there, I guess you could probably say, I wouldn't have really pegged them to finish top ten on a road course, but it was that kind of race. Um, but, Cole, you, we, we thought it would be a day for the chases, and they were both strong for the majority of the day. I would say it took Chase Elliott longer to get to the front than what I thought it would. And obviously, again, he ended up in the top five, as I think anyone would have probably expected him to. But it, it's crazy to think about the odds before this race how, like, just insanely heavy favorites Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott were at plus 300 and plus 250, respectively. And really, for the most part, neither of them were a factor all day I mean they were they ran solidly when they were out of trouble but you know I don't think there was a point in the race where you thought either of them was going to win it's just it's a testament to how crazy this season has been but kudos to you at least for picking a sleeper that that was right up there at the end Christopher Bell
1: yeah and I think in the case of Chase Elliott he started this race from 12th and methodically worked his way up into the top 10 and kind of stabilized there in the top five around the sixth seventh area the entire race no laps led in this race either so it wasn't That dominant performance we were expecting, by any means by Chase Elliott, but a very solid, respectable day. I also got to say it's this one thing here. You mentioned that crazy last lap. I would say that was one of the more exciting final laps in NASCAR history, and it definitely had shades of the 2012 Watkins-Glenn finish between Marcus Ambrose, Brad Keselowski, and Kyle Busch.
0: Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. When I said it was a, an amazing final lap, I was I was kind of putting it in that same air. And, and obviously, that was one of the greatest final laps of all time. But um, at least in, in recent history, in, in terms of the big swings and, and drastic changes and, and who it looked like would win that race, uh, it was crazy. And that's part of the fun thing of, of with road courses of how, how long these laps are. There's just so many ebbs and flows of what could happen on a final lap. And that is Perfectly exemplified by Saturday's winner, AJ Allmendinger. It looked like he was going to get college Racing its second win at the Cup Series, but he laid the bumper on Ross Chastain. And to put it bluntly, Ross Chastain is not the kind of guy you want to put the bumper to because he gave it right back. Um, and let me ask you about that for a second, Cole. Did you have a problem with that move? Because I personally didn't.
1: No way. No, that was all warranted. He gave it back to him like he gave did a few corners before. And the bottom line is. Ross Chastain's going for his first Cup Series win, and he led the most laps by far in this race. He led a uh, race high 31, and he was firmly in command this entire race. Like, he was the dominant car by far. He looked like a road course ace. I know AJ Allmendinger is one of the best road course racers of all time, and that was prominently on display in that final lap because you know he had this plan in his head. He, he knew he was going to give um, Chastain the bumper, but he didn't expect Chastain to have that, that speed off the corners that he'd be able to retaliate back and, and win this race. So I think that it was just a a wonderfully orchestrated race by Ross Chastain and that number one team. And it was fully warranted just given the nature of road course racing and uh, the fact that Allmendinger beat him the bumper before.
0: Indeed. And we would be crazy not to mention the truck race too. I alluded to it before, but I mean, the cup race was great, but it may not have even been the best finish of the weekend. You had, three drivers running into one of the turns three wide, all running into each other in the truck series, all giving way to Zane Smith taking the win over the likes of some cup regulars and Kyle Busch, who had the most laps, and Alex Bowman. And that was crazy in itself. Um, And just touch on that for a second. Just another huge statement win for Zane Smith.
1: Massive. I mean, being at the championship race in Phoenix this past November, I cannot tell you how dejected and just defeated Zane Smith looked post-race on Pitt Road, in the media center, and there was a lot of uncertainty surrounding his career in general because, you know, he had this great, really hot start with Junior Motorsports in Xfinity Series. He was doing really good with GMS, and he fell short, I think, seven or eight laps of winning the championship once again in the Truck Series. So he didn't know, even know if he had a ride for this season. And I think Todd Gillen moves to the Cup Series, obviously, with Front Row. And that left the door open for Ford to snatch up Zane Smith, who I think is going to be a really, really strong presence in the sport for a long time. I think he has superstar potential. And I think that he's proving to his competitors in this series and the sport in general that he belongs here and he's going to demand results and respect. And I, I, Kyle Busch obviously would have won that race. He still would have been in line for a top-five finish. And make no mistake, that was a great race by Zane Smith. He won both stages. He got spun out with, a, I want to say, like 10 to go from the top five. And he still was in line for a top five finish had those drivers not gotten to each other in that corner. So really, really good day overall. I think Zane Smith is definitely going to be a contender for the championship uh, down here in November.
0: Yeah, and, and it was a little bit ir- ironic, too, because that we've seen that time and time again in this sport, but especially this year in that all you got to do is put yourself in a position to win, even if that's in fourth on the final lap at a track like Coda. Um, And when I say it was ironic, I mean, because one of the guys that he dueled out was Alex Bowman in that race. And we traditionally see him winning races like that, where he just, that team puts themselves inside the top five within striking distance and they tend to strike and they tend to win. And we almost saw that on Sunday, but uh, it was cool to see that for Zane Smith, his second win of the year. And he is a firm contender for the Truck Series Championship this year. With that, why don't we turn the page to this upcoming weekend's race at Richmond. And if you're just joining us for the first time ever, first time in a while, we do record these episodes on Mondays now, earlier in the week, to give you more of a chance to get your bets in and, and things like that. So part of that is that we're not able to look at all the paint schemes ahead of time because they're not always released and a couple of other things, but we usually we like to talk about the, our nickel or dime segment where we give our fives or tens for the paint schemes of the week, and uh, we'll we'll get those to you on social media still at the underscore money stop. So stay tuned there. Um, we've been running some great contests. Cole's been doing an amazing job with all the the graphics for our, our dime a dozen every single week, and there were some really cool cars this week. Um, I, I really liked. I'm just going to give a shout out while I'm at it to the 17 of Chris Buscher, um, because I didn't get a chance to say that on social media, but uh, that car. Looked great this week. I think it was the fifth third bank. But anyhow, if you're waiting for the paint schemes, stay posted at the underscore money stop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll have all of the contest and all of the graphics there. And also on the topic of Richmond, we will know the starting lineup Saturday at 1115 Eastern time. So uh, we will talk at this point about the odds and which drivers may be good bets for the win. I think that if we've seen one trend all year, Cole, it's really that, All bets are off for the most part. And I think that this week's odds uh, kind of reflect that. And the odds makers really don't know who's going to win. As we look at the odds per DraftKings pre-qualifying, the favorites to win this race are, again, for the second straight week, a tie between Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott at plus 900. And it's funny to think that the favorite to win the race at Atlanta, which was the biggest question mark of the season, with all of the uncertainty and, and thinking about how that race was on a completely new surface, the, uh, the favorite to win that race was plus 1,000 for the favorite uh, of Richmond to be two guys at plus 900 really puts into perspective how unpredictable of a race, uh, they're forecasting for a track that really call in, in years past has been so predictable. And that's, that's the weirdest part about it. Uh, and then you've got a slew of Joe Gibbs, Toyotas at plus 1,000 Martin Truex jr. And Kyle Bush, along with Joey Logano, those three drivers tied at plus 1,000, uh, for third in the odds this week. But before we get deep into that, Cole, take us through some of the notes and some of the trends that we've seen in Richmond in recent years. Because I mentioned it's been a very, very predictable track. It's been a a playground for Toyota. I know we've talked about that on this podcast many times before. But uh, we did see quite a crazy race there the last time with the uh, aforementioned Alex Bowman capitalizing on the money stop to take a, a really impressive win in the fashion that we've seen him do so many times at the last time we were at this track.
1: Yeah, I think these, the odds are kind of outrageous only because, like, we'll get into the stats here in a bit. Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson are not the best at Richmond by any means. As you mentioned, it's definitely a Toyota track. I would say that Martin Truex Jr. and Denny Hamlin are the best by far as of late. And I think that it is odd to see these, these numbers so high, just given that Richmond is a very, uh, a very predictable track. Looking at, back to last year at Richmond, in the spring you mentioned Alex Bowman won off the money stop. Denny Hammond finished second with 207 laps led, which was the most in that race. Rounded out the top five with Joey Logano, Christopher Bell, and Martin Truex Jr., who had 107 laps led. And then shifting gears to the playoff race in September, Truex won that race with uh, 80 laps led. Denny Hammond finished runner-up once again with most laps led at 197. Christopher Bell finished third, Chase Elliott fourth, and Joey Logano rounded out the top five. But as a whole at Richmond in 2021, there were five cautions in both races, and there were 20 and 21 lead changes respectively in both those events, uh, the most since 2016. And as mentioned in the uh, individual race breakdown, Denny Hamlin swept both stages, led most laps in both races for 404 total, which if you know these races, there's 400 in each of them. So he technically led a, a combined full race, and he finished second in both of those. Uh, next highest in stage points throughout those two events were Joey Logano with 30, Martin Truex Jr. with 29, and there's a big
0: drop-off to fourth place, which was Kyle Larson at 14. And let's talk about that for a second. You mentioned Denny Hamlin several times because he had about as good a set of races as you could have at a series of races at Richmond as you possibly could think of without winning. I mean, two second-place finishes, sweeping the stages. I mean, that is as dominant as it gets without winning. And for him to not even be in the top five in the odds pre-qualifying for DraftKings really puts in perspective – how bad a season it's been for Denny. He's averaging a a finish of 26th, and uh, he's not far outside the top five in the odds, at least. He's valued at plus 1,200, tied with Ross Chastain um, for the sixth best odds, and uh, I love those odds, to be honest with you. That's a great value, and if I was betting on this race, that'd be where where my money would be, Um, but you've also got a couple of other notables. Christopher Bell at plus 1,400, Alex Bowen at plus 1,800, so some names to keep an eye on there, but, like, again, Colt, for Denny Hamlin, this is it. Like you think about how horrible a season it's been and it hasn't been all luck. Like there have been weeks where he just hasn't run well, hasn't had top 10 speed. So he's definitely been in that tier of drivers. That's had a very, very tough time adjusting to this next gen car. But I mean, you got to figure if if it's going to break out at some point for Denny Hamlin this year, it's got to happen at Richmond or else it's not going to happen at all. At least that's what it feels like. That's exactly what I was going to say. I
1: I think that, Denny Hamlin should be a lock this week for a top five or a top 10. If he does not get a top 10 at Richmond, this is going to be a very bad sign of things to come in 22. I really do believe that because you mentioned his esteemed resume there last year, his resume there as a whole at Richmond. It's one of his home tracks. He's from Virginia. So this is going to be a very good indicator of how his season will be going forward. And you mentioned last week, Denny Hamlin not being one of those drivers who handle, handled his loss as well. This has been exemplified all season. I think the speed has been there. He has had top 10 speed, but he's not putting it together. He's been very angsty. He's been very vocal. I think he's just uh, very much in his head. So I think if he can get out of his head and just focus on the task at hand, look for a strong run, maybe not even a win, just a strong run as home state, it'll be a good rebound race for Denny Hamlin. But there's just not a whole lot of confidence from me, even going into this race for him, just just given how, how his season's been as a whole.
0: It's true. And when, when it comes to betting, like you want to see things before you believe them. And and like, yes, we've seen the success from Denny Hamlin many, many times at Richmond throughout the years, including as recently as last year. But like when you have six races, as bad as he has had this year, you want to see the success before you can believe in it. And for me, like if he has a good race at Richmond, then I would feel confidently putting money on him in weeks going forward. But I just, I don't think you could feel confident um, placing a bet on a guy that, that's had as bad a season he's had so far. Um, but would it be a surprise to see him run well at Richmond? Absolutely not. We, and that's, again, for all the reasons that we just mentioned. But um, Vegas is taking some good stock in his two Joe Gibbs teammates, drivers of the 18 and 19, Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr. And, um, again, it's been a, a track that's been very kind to this Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota team, and uh, specifically for Martin Truex Jr., Recently, as far as the Toyotas go, he's been trending in the right direction. He's had back to back top tens after a pretty rocky start to the season. He is the defending winner of this particular race three wins and 14 top tens and 1,205 laps led in 31 starts at Richmond. He's on a six race top five streak at this track going back to 2018, all three wins coming in that span. And Richmond, again, it's been a Toyota track. They've won five of the last seven races there. And this very well may be the race where they could break through for their first win of 2022. Um, And if you're going to bet on a Toyota, there really aren't many better bets than Martin Choix Jr. Specifically because of how consistent he's been compared to his teammates. And one of those teammates is Kyle Busch. He's had the up and down season to this point, but he's been moderately level headed compared to years past in terms of his demeanor and going through adversity after some of these races. It seems like he's kind of, at terms with maybe adjusting to this next gen car and the fact that all of it, these other veterans like-minded and like talented veterans are in the same shoes that he's in. And kind of seeing that all these young guys have adapted very well to it, but um, that's on the mental side, but on the physical side, Kyle Busch is riding back-to-back races where he's finished outside the top 28. So with that being said, the speed has been there. It's just been back-to-back races of pretty bad luck. And and you've seen that in his attitude with some of these post-race interviews, But Listen, he is the winningest driver in Richmond with six wins, the last of which has not come since 2018, though. He does have a 78% top 10 rate in 32 starts, which is a massive sample size, including 1,528 laps led and an average finish of just shy of seven. So he finished eighth and ninth there, respectively, last year, and he's riding an eight race top 10 streak going back to 2017 at this track. So I think both Kyle Busch and Martin Truex, at least in terms of DFS, they should be in the same price range. I I would say that – I think we I speak for both of us when I say this, Cole. I'd have a little bit more confidence in Truex just because, again, seeing is believing. He's had the results the last couple of weeks to where you could see him winning a race uh, here at Richmond, and and he's had the recent success there as well. But, again, if you wean Kyle Busch, that's definitely not a bad call. Again, you, you cannot go wrong with the winningest driver at a respective track, no matter how bad of a two-race stretch he's coming off of.
1: I completely agree, and especially for someone like Kyle Busch going into a track where he has so much success. But I definitely agree. I think Truex should be a lock if you're picking between those two drivers. Just, I mean, the six-race top five streaks is ridiculous. Going back to 2018, like, give me a break now. Also want to touch on Denny Hamlin for one more second, because we didn't get to his overall stats at, at uh, Richmond. Uh, f- finished 18th, at Coda, meaning he has yet to score above 13th through six races in 2022. The silver lining, though, is he did lead three laps and won a stage there in Austin this past weekend. Uh, I mentioned the stats from, the, from last year at Richmond, swept both stages, led most laps, finished second in both races. He has three total wins there. The most recent came in 2016. And in 30 starts, half his finishes have been inside the top five. 19 top 10s and 2,108 laps led with an average finish of 8.8. So he is by all accounts like one of the best to ever do it at Richmond. one of his home tracks. It's just, again, a bit of a gamble just given his string of bad luck in 2022. But if there's going to be any place where he breaks out, it's going to be Richmond. I would just say don't consider him for the win. Just look for a strong run, a top 10 day out of Denny Hamlin. Another guy who was one of four drivers to place top five in both Richmond races last year was Joey Logano. When he's putting together a silently really, really good season in 2022. I think it's going to be a force to be reckoned with down the stretch. Once he wins, it's going to be uh, the floodgates are open, I think. Because one thing we've seen so far in this early season is that it's a lot of young drivers. I think it's been well documented that a lot of the drivers winning are under the age of 30, see a lot of first-time winners. So once these veterans catch on to this next-gen car, I think the, the entire complexion of the season is going to change. And I think Joey Logano is going to be one of the first drivers to uh, kind of get a handle on this next-gen car. But looking at Richmond, uh, he finished third and fifth respectively last year with 30 stage points and laps led in the spring. He has two wins at Richmond, the most recent coming in, this, in uh, 2017, 15 top tens, 428 laps led, and a 10.2 average finish in 25 starts. He's also riding a three-race top-five streak at Richmond, and this season he's lapsed in the last three races and he sits third in the standings. So again, he hasn't been very fleshy this season, but I think that says it all. He sits third in the standings right behind Chase Elliott and Ryan Blaney. I think that he's going to be a really, really good pick for a, a top five, maybe even the win on Sunday. I just think the Toyota guys have a lot more uh, to, to prove at Richmond.
0: And a lot of upside for these Toyota guys too. And and again, like the the breakout needs to happen this week for that whole camp, but It's a great prediction. You make a great point there in that once these veterans do catch on, it does certainly feel like the floodgates could be open. You just see a guy like Chase Elliott leading the points. And I think we can pretty much call him a veteran by this point in his career, one of the younger veterans at least, but, um, and Joey Logano, they've just been so steady waiting in the wings this year, like just a loose cannon, like a volcano that's about to erupt. And it's, it's got to happen at some point for these guys. And you know, they're too good of drivers and too talented to not catch on to this very soon. And, and they're, they've got a good start with how consistent they've been to start this year. But nobody has started this year better than Ross Chastain, at least in terms of the last four races. And, and that includes going back to last year, really. I mean, we saw glimpses of this down the stretch, especially in the playoffs in 2021. And at Richmond, Ross Chastain had a very strong car that was capable of winning in that most recent Richmond race before the playoffs, led four laps, earned stage points, placed seventh, just didn't adjust to contend for the win as the night went on in that race. He remained competitive, had a top five car, ran all but one lap inside the top 15 in that track with an average running position of seventh, which ultimately was where he finished. And again, this was driving for Chip Ganassi racing. Now he he's racing for arguably the, the fastest team in the sport over the last four weeks in, in track house. And he finished 15th when he wasn't at his best in the spring. But keep in mind, he also finished second at Phoenix earlier this year, which is a very similar track to Richmond in terms of being a one-mile flattish oval, and his current stat line over the last four races, third, second, second, and first. So, obviously, there's no hotter driver in the sport by any stretch of the imagination, um, and we've talked about it several times. We've, we, I mean, I've talked about this, I think, three or four weeks in a row. He just he feeds off momentum. When things are going well for Ross Jastain, He just steamrolls, and we've seen it week after week after week. I think I said that when he placed third, and sure enough, he's had three straight top two finishes, and and I think that that's going to continue again this week at Richmond. And not only that, Cole, we talked so so many times early in the season about how important the team aspect has been with this next-gen car, putting a driver in the, the position to win these races. His crew has been on the money all year. When it comes to the money stop, I mean, there's been no crew almost better than the one crew with Ross Chastain. He's been tenacious and that's what's been winning races this season in cup five race positive place differential streak in terms of the DFS. That pretty much says it all. Uh, Ross Chastain is a guy that you could feel very confident betting on this week at Richmond. I, you know, yes
1: and no. The only reason I have doubts on Ross Chastain this week is because AJ Allmendinger, he is net call number 16 uh, this weekend. And Ross Chastain said himself post-race AJ owes him one. So I got to imagine at a short, quote-unquote, short track like Richmond, there's going to be a little bit of retaliation. So Ross Chastain could be a bit of a uh, trap bet this weekend. Based off speed, 1 million percent he's going to be a contender. I honestly, when I was at that race for the first time last year at Richmond, I thought Ross Chastain had a very capable shot at the win. Very fast car early in the race, just, again, didn't adjust for that night. Speed will be there, just kind of tread lightly with A.J. Allmendinger uh, back on track this weekend. And you mentioned uh, the pit crew aspect being on point for Ross Chastain and how that's kind of won races this year. It's just the complete team-wide execution that wins these races. And two guys who I want to just give a little bit of a warning about are top two in points, Chase Elliott and Ryan Blaney, because they've been the fastest cars all season. Their pit crews have burned them on many occasions, case in point, I mean the entire season, but definitely last week or yesterday at Coda. Blaney finished 11th, and Elliott finished 12th in the first Richmond race, while they both finished inside the top 10. 10th for Ryan Blaney, 5th for Elliott, and Elliott also led 58 laps with that top-five finish in the fall. I mean, like, overall, the speed's been there all year, but I feel like both these drivers, they don't have the best resumes at Richmond, even throughout their dominance or in their young careers. So this year, Elliott has 91 laps led. Blaney has 209 laps led, which is the most in the sport. Both ranked top three in stage points, but Elliott has has had mixed results at Richmond, while Blaney scored his first top 10, actually, in that last start there in the fall, in 11 starts. So I would just say use caution with those two guys. If you have to choose one, I would definitely pick Elliott, just because, again, it's been a mixed bag for both these drivers, but Elliott has more upside just given his consistency. I think his pick who has been a little bit better than Ryan Blaney's, and he has the results to show for it at Richmond, I guess, um, in a top five, top 10 cents. So these races are one-off execution. I think these teams have failed in this, in that department all season. So there are certainly probably better choices in that price range. I,
0: like I said, like a Martin Truex Jr. even over those two. It's been kind of crazy to see with the the way that this season has played out because, I mean, again, you, you hit it right on the head, Cole. These two drivers and these teams have had speed all year. They've been probably, again, their first and second in points. They've been two of the best teams, but like, you do need to take with this new car and the way that these races have been playing out, you have to take a lot of stock into what the the crews have been like. And they just, they've been, it's not even like they haven't been helping Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott. They've been drastically hurting them. I mean, these guys could literally have one races, multiple plural races, if not for how poorly those crews have, have done. And that's not an overnight fix. It's not a week to week fix. Like that's something that's going to kind of bleed throughout this first half of the season. And, I think when you get to maybe about the half, not, maybe not the halfway point, but third quarter way through the season, maybe you'll start to see signs of improvement with these teams. And, and again, it's just, it's not an overnight fix. And I, I want to see it before I believe it. That's kind of been the common theme of this podcast, but looking at the rest of the Hendrick Motorsports stable, uh, we mentioned last week, tread lightly with William Byron, who was the defending winner after his big race at, at Atlanta. Um, and he didn't have a strong day as kind of predicted at Coda. And here at at Richmond, he's only got one top 10 in seven starts, an average finish of 16.6. And while those are the numbers for William Byron, I will say he seems like he's racing with a little bit more confidence this year. And I don't know if that's just the new car or having the the big win at Atlanta, but just in general, it seems like he's been more of a factor at these tracks that he traditionally hasn't been early in his career. And it could just be maturity. It's probably a mix of of all these different things. But um, William Byron's a guy that, I really, I look at these numbers and I'm not too scared away by them just because he's, he's been, he's done pretty well this year, but I think when it comes to all of the Hendrick drivers, it's kind of crazy to say that I don't think any one of them has contended for more wins this year than Alex Bowman. And remember Alex Bowman won the race here last year, capitalized off of a really good pit stop at the end of the race and and just seized the moment as he's done so many times had the win earlier this year. And he's been a much more competitive driver through six races this season With those three top tens to go with the win, sits fourth place in the standings right now. And his emotions after finishing second at Coda and just an emphasis on becoming a better driver with more track time between the different series, you know, wanting to to race in the truck series to, you know, this past week at Coda to get more laps on on the track. And and it paid off. You definitely can see that Alex Bowman is yearning to succeed at the Cup Series level and, and the results are paying off. Absolutely. And again, he's it's crazy to think with the seasons that Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott are coming off over of the last couple of years that Alex Bowman has been right there contending for wins more frequently than any of these four drivers. But talking about that defending champion, Kyle Larson, it's been really an up and down year. He's had a couple of finishes inside the top 10 and then a couple of finishes outside the top 30. He's just had some some really tough luck. He's been caught in a lot of uh, on-track incidents, so I don't take a ton of stock into you know, the results that Kyle Larson has had at races like Coda, where again, he got caught up in an incident. It's just when it comes to teams that execute well, this five team has been on the money uh, throughout the last couple of years. And I think that that's something that as we get to these more, uh, I guess, tame tracks like Richmond, you would expect to be tame. I think that these really good teams, the the, the cream is going to rise to the top. And that includes the five team, obviously, as we saw last year, but he won at Richmond in 2017 Been very hit or miss, obviously, this year, uh, or at Richmond in general, too, with six top 10s and 14 starts, but an average finish of 11.7. So he's been kind of like a top 15 driver at his career at Richmond. But again, that was with most of his career taking place at Chip Ganassi Racing. Of course, now he's racing that Hendrick 5 car. And so anytime you're in that 5 car, you're going to have a great chance to win. Um, Best finish since he won there was sixth place, though, twice. That includes the most recent race there. And Kyle Larson, again, he's been fast this year. Um, It's been a little bit of a struggle, but again, I I really, I feel confident picking this five team on any given week, and he's not going to be kept down for long. It's just a matter of when the luck pendulum is going to swing back in his direction. And again, at this point in time, you've got guys like Tyler Reddick, Ross Chastain, Chase Elliott, and Ryan Blaney. They've all been better than him this season. So like, if you're looking at specific drivers that are in that same price tier, it might be hard to pick Kyle Larson, but. This is me, Steven Cusamano, telling you that I really have no problem with picking Kyle Larson, regardless of what the stats say, regardless of what the history says, because he's just been so solid year in, year out. In races where there's not going to be a ton of outside circumstances affecting the outcome of them, where the best driver and the best team have a shot at at placing well, I think that Kyle Larson and this five team, um, they're going to continue to shine as we kind of get into the heat of this season where the races get more tame and more normal. I think that we're going to see Kyle Larson go on a winning streak at some point here. And me personally, I wouldn't be surprised if it started here at Richmond.
1: I agree. I mean, it's Kyle Larson, he's a defending champion. He's one of the best drivers in the world. And it is just a matter of when the luck's going to go in their favor. I just think overall, like Richmond hasn't been a, his best track, even, you know, with Hendrick last year, you know, I, I have more confidence. I'd say probably an Elliott or Bowman this weekend, to be honest, but I think you're a thousand percent right. Once we get into like the thick of the season, the halfway point at Charlotte, like he's going to be on the, on his money, on the game. And uh he will be one of the best cars in the garage once again. But for this point in time, I definitely would say that I have more faith in Chase Elliott or
0: Alex Bowman this weekend. And what about some drivers that are stacking pennies? Because it's been, you know, obviously as we well well documented, it's been a crazy year Um, And certain drivers have have gotten off to really bad starts. And, you know, we mentioned we would trade you some nickels and dimes for pennies. That's why stacking pennies is back. And and one driver that certainly has been doing that is Christopher Bell. He's really been trending upward since Atlanta. Again, would have finished probably second or third in that race if he had not passed below the double yellow line there where he had gotten credit for the last car in the lead lap. So if not, we'd be talking about back-to-back podium finishes for Christopher Bell more than likely right now. So finished third after a really hard-fought day at Coda. Finished fourth and third, respectively, at Richmond last year. So it's been one of his better tracks. And I think you can start to feel comfortable placing Christopher Bell in your lineup. He's hitting on all strides at this point. And again, seeing is believing. We've seen it back-to-back weeks. Christopher Bell has been, I would say, at least in terms of drivers being in contention for the win, he's been one of the more consistent Toyotas over the last two weeks at Coda and Atlanta. Uh, another guy stacking pennies, maybe on more of a moderate basis, is Austin Dillon. He's finished 10th and 11th, respectively, in the last two races, which is good in terms of DFS. If you're picking a guy like Austin Dillon, who may have qualified deeper in the pack, um, chances are he's probably going to get you some positive place differential points. And he was in line for a top 10 at Phoenix as well before he got dri- driven into the wall on the last lap there, if you remember that happening uh, on the last turn I think it was but coming off that top 10 at Coda and he's been very vocal in his frustrations about having speed without the results to show for it um, and it's not been his fault he's been very vocal about that this year so it's likely he won't get you a lot of laps led or stage points but he's definitely had a knack you talk about drivers and teams that just they know how to put a full race together that three teams done it this year they've been consistently finishing Right around that 10th, 11th range, especially recently over the last three weeks. And again, had the solid run at Phoenix, a comparable track to Richmond. Definitely Austin Dillon is stacking pennies. Without a doubt. And I think another guy that's kind of weird to see in this
1: stacking pennies value pick segment is Tyler Reddick. And the only reason he's in this bracket is because obviously he's been one of the best drivers all season, but he doesn't have any developmental series wins at Richmond, nor laps led there in any series. His best cup finish at Richmond was in his debut there, and he finished at 11th in that race. But he's finished his highest fourth there in 2019 in the Xfinity Series. He's coming off a top five at Coda, and he's been in a top five car all season. So he's knocking on the door of a win. I feel like we've been saying that the last year or so. But he's in the value pick category. But obviously, I would say, like you felt with William Byron, you could pick Tyler Reddick on any single given week, and he's going to be a uh, sure thing for your DFS lineup. And another guy who ran very well at Coda, but succumbed to power steering issues and a couple of spin-outs was Trackhouse Racing's Daniel Suarez. Looking at this season, he ran very well at Phoenix, a very similar track to Richmond, and he's been a top 10 car all season. Uh, like a few others, like Tyler Reddick, he's been knocking on the door for his first win. He has laps led the last two races, three top 10s this season, and he has three top 10s in nine starts at Richmond. And this was driving for Gibbs and SHR, but to be honest, it looks like Trackhouse house is the best equipment he's ever driven in. So I think that Daniel Suarez should be another shoe in for a, a
0: borderline top 10, maybe top five day at Richmond, just given his recent string of success. Yeah. And how about some other drivers to keep an eye on? I mean, you talk about guys who are stacking pennies and these guys aren't necessarily there yet, but just some guys to keep an eye on. Brad Kozlowski, in his past had been known for being a guy that really knew his way around Richmond. It's been a a really tough couple of weeks after that enormous penalty that he took going into the race at Coda, which we didn't even touch on last week, but enormous penalty. He lost a hundred points from that huge fines um, and even lost playoff points that he would have had. Um, so it, it's been a tough couple of weeks for Brad Kozlowski kind of learning his way through uh, this next gen and ownership era at Rouse Finway Kozlowski. But Two wins and top tens in half his starts at Richmond. He's had a plus 12 place differential streak so far this year. So, a guy that, again, he's known his way around. He's had speed at times this year. You can, if you have, uh, you need a guy at the back of your lineup that can be a sure thing, kind of like Kevin Harvick was at uh, Phoenix. You can look at Brad Kay and possibly think about that. But I'd like to see some better results out of him before really trusting him on a week to week basis. But also, Kevin Harvick, three wins and 27 top 10s at Richmond in 41 starts. Another guy to keep an eye on. As well as Chris Busher, positive place differential in four straight races. Top 10 at Phoenix. No top 10s at Richmond. His best finish 17th. So again, not a guy that maybe would feel very confident picking, but again, he's been very solid as of recently, especially for DFS lineup purposes. And then also Ty Dillon, positive place differential in all but one race, but a best finish of 20th at Richmond. I think he's been another one of those drivers that I think has performed maybe a little bit better on certain weeks than what some were expecting. He's been kind of up and down a lot this year, but maybe just some guys to keep an eye on there, Cole, as um, they've, they've had really good history on, on one side of the coin, but on the other side of the coin, not so much.
1: Right, and I think Brad Kuzlowski is an interesting one because he was running absolutely atrociously the entire race at Coda. He was like a mainstay in that 35th, 34th position the entire day somehow snuck away with the top 15 in that race finished 14th when it was all said and done. So I think Brad K is motivated more than ever right now, just given that massive penalty with a hundred points being docked in addition to playoff points. Um, so I think this is a place where he's had a lot of success. He has been known for being one of the best at Richmond as of late. And I think he's going to be an interesting one to watch. I don't know if I feel comfortable putting him in my lineup. It depends like where, what other drivers are in that price range. But if he's moderately priced I think that you could definitely consider him for your lineups Kevin Harvick's another guy where like he said a very up and down season but I think it's been more upside than downs so he should have a pretty strong day at Richmond I think he's probably a top 10 car and then yeah I think Chris Buescher he's been very onto the radar this season I think that Brad Kay stepping in as a part owner and being sort of a mentor to him has helped him immensely uh I obviously know top 10s at Richmond but I think that Having that positive place differential in four straight races and the top ten at Phoenix is definitely something to take into account. And Ty Dillon, another one of those guys that's not going to light the record boards, the stat sheets, but he's in the same breath as Justin Haley in a sense that, like, the place
0: differential's been there and they've had very respectable starts to the season. And, Cole, let's try something new here before we get to our race picks because that kind of uh, finishes up our our tiers uh, of drivers there and, and kind of digging deep on on the stats at Richmond. Try something new here and go with each of us is going to do a big money pick. So we're going to have a specific prop bet that we would hammer home. And this is not like a race winner prop. This would be more like something, a driver to finish in the top three or the top five, or maybe a matchup bet. But um, I'm going to kick this off by giving what I think is a sure bet. I mean, you've got the winningest driver in Richmond history, Kyle Busch at plus 275 to finish in the top three. Um, And also on a smaller scale, he's at minus 110, almost even to finish in the top five, either one of those. I am very comfortable picking again. It's been a season where the drivers that traditionally do well at these tracks are the ones that they're there at the end, provided that the team can put them in a position to potentially win. And uh, you know, the luck hasn't been there for Kyle Busch, but assuming that this is a race where it's not completely off the rails, like we've seen in recent weeks, which could be a, a bad assumption, but um, assuming that it is a, a traditional Richmond race in the sense that the drivers that typically do well here are going to, I'll, I will certainly take the winningest driver in Richmond history to finish in the top three at plus 275 and to finish in the top five at minus 110. I'll take that all day for Kyle Bush. So that would be my big money pick of the week.
1: My big money pick, I'm going more with recency here. And it's definitely ballsy just because top three is a very, very difficult thing to bet. But I really believe that Martin Shrex Jr. is going to break out in this race. I think he's going to probably come away with a win, honestly. To score a top three finish, he's plus 275, and for good reason, obviously, because that's not a very easy feat to accomplish. But we mentioned his his recent string of success there. six race, top five streak, going back to 2018. All three wins coming in that time. I think that's as safe a bet as you can make uh, with those really, really favorable odds for betters. Another one that I was kind of mulling over, and I think that you could also feel very comfortable in, is Christopher Bell, plus 175 to score a top five. You mentioned it. He was in line for what could have been back-to-back podium finishes. I think he's really found a handle on this car. He's adapting quicker, I, I guess you could say, than some, some of the more established veterans. And I think that comes with his dirt racing background. So I think he's finally coming to his own. And I think those are two guys that had top fives in both Richmond races last year. And I think it's just going to be a big grace for Toyota. So either of those props for me are going to be a big money bets uh, in my opinion.
0: Well, I guess with that, we ought to get into our winner picks and we'll pick a winner and a sleeper each. We kind of, we threw out the idea of picking a, a specific formula for what our sleepers could be going forward, because it's always kind of been a pretty subjective thing where I might have thought someone's a sleeper that you didn't or vice versa. So, Over the week, I've kind of had time to mull this over, and I think the consensus I've come to is any driver outside the top 15 in the odds per – we'll go with DraftKings because we typically use that a lot uh, to go with the odds that we list out on this show. Any driver outside the top 15 in odds can be classified as a sleeper. so I want that to be known going forward. Um, That way it's not a subjective matter anymore. But um, I believe I went first last week because – I picked Chase Elliott, and who wouldn't pick Chase Elliott at a road course? So if I've got that right, that would mean you go first this week, Cole, so take it away.
1: All right, so I kind of showed my hands here early. I believe that Martin Truex Jr. is going to win this race at Richmond. I think he's going to win a stage, maybe not both stages, but I think it's been a common trend this season. We have seen not many drivers win stages and win the race, but I do think that that'll work in favor of Martin Truex Jr. in Virginia. So Martin Sherex Jr. is my race winner. I think he extends that uh, top five streak to seven races now. And for my sleeper, I'm going to go with Austin Dillon. I think that he's had a very silently composed 2022 season. He had the 10th and 11th place finishes at Richmond last year. And if this race is indeed more composed and just caution-free as they've been in the past, And just similarly to Phoenix, I think that he's another guy that runs very well on these flat ovals. I think that he'll be in line for a a borderline top 10 day.
0: Well, I'm going to make a couple of similar picks to you because my winner pick is also going to be a Gibbs Toyota. And I'm going to go against my cardinal rule that I've been preaching this entire show in that uh, I wouldn't feel comfortable betting on somebody until I've seen the success a couple of weeks in a row. And that's because I'm going to pick Denny Hamlin to win this race. I know it's crazy to think he's just going to come out of the woodworks after an average finish of 26 at this point in the year. I just think that you look at the history here and how well he has done at this track in, in recent years, and specifically a year ago. I think some t- at some point it's got to break his way. Like a- as much as the speed hasn't been there on certain weeks, on most weeks it has, and he just hasn't had the luck to go along with it. And again. I might be wrong in saying this, but you can kind of tell by the way I've talked about a lot of this episode. I just I kind of see this race being one of the more tame ones of the season just because it is Richmond. And again, there haven't been any tame races this season, so I'm probably going to look dumb for saying that. But assuming it is, I really think that you're going to see those usual players at the front of the pack, and, and that includes a guy like Denny Hamlin. I think he's too good and too talented at this point in his career to not run up front in Richmond. And I think he's going to end up winning this race. And I, I feel pretty confidently in saying it's going to be a Gibbs Toyota. But again, this is a year that has been off the rails and completely against every trend that you could possibly imagine. So it's crazy to think about. And we didn't think Alex Bowman was going to win at Richmond last year, and that sure happened. So we'll see what happens there. But my sweeper, I'm going to go with a similar pick in that he's been one of the most consistent drivers all year and probably the most consistent Toyota all year, and that's Kurt Busch. He's valued at plus 5,000 for the win this week plus 600 to finish in the top five, which would put him firmly at about, I think, 19th or 20th in the odds this week in terms of the winner picks. But I think Kurt Busch is a guy that's not far off from winning. He's been talking about teams that just keep their drivers in the right place at the right time. I think that that 45 team is knocking on the door. They've had such consistent results all year long. And we haven't mentioned his name very much on this particular episode, but I, I really feel like a win is coming soon for Kurt Busch. It could be this week. It could be next week. Um, If there's one thing that we've learned this year, it's that it's very unpredictable, but I I do feel like Kurt Busch is, he's hot in some regard. Like it's going to come soon. He's not far off in that, that 45 team. Listen, we saw it last year with, with the win for Alex Bowman. Like you get a late caution at this track, especially with this car, this new next gen car. um, You just don't know what's going to happen. And if, if that 45 team, has shown us anything, it's that they're going to put him in the right place at the right time. And if, if that happens this week, I think it could be the one for Kurt Busch. So, see what happens there. Those are good picks. I mean, Denny Hamlin's obviously going to be a bit of a
1: gamble, just given his string of bad luck this season. But Kurt Busch, he had a really fast car actually here in the, uh, the fall race. He had a tire let go, I believe it was in the first stage, but he had laps led in that race. Yeah, 40 laps in, he, he blew a tire. And uh, he had a really good car. I think he had a, a good shot at that win in that race, even though it was very early on. And he's been, like I said, one of, one of the more consistent Toyotas this season, maybe outside of Coda. He didn't really have, have the best race there, but he is a, a winner at Richmond in his career. He has two wins there, 15 top tens, 923 laps led. So that's a really good pick. It's, it's a fringe sleeper, but I think going based off our new metrics and the top 15 and the uh, odds, it's definitely acceptable. And I... I uh I think those are good picks i think it's gonna be a good day
0: for toyota and i kind of like this formula too because while he might not have seemed like a sleeper in our our past subjective way of doing things it kind of makes you look deeper in the packet. some guys that would be good value picks and i, I would certainly think that looking at i think he, i said he was 19th or 20th in terms of uh, the odds list that's a great value in terms of kurt bush so absolutely we'll see how it goes i, I think um Again, it's going to be a race that I see the Toyotas performing well, and I think that you agree with me there. So it is the Toyota Owners 400, as again, Toyotas have owned this track out of the last seven races, winning five of those, but 400 laps, 300 miles, and it's going to take place this upcoming Sunday, the 3rd of April. So um, it's going to be a great race at a great track that you had a great time going to for the first time last year, Cole. So Stay tuned, everybody, on at the underscore money Stop Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And also um, follow along with Cole at Cole underscore Cusimano underscore. He's going to have great updates all weekend long, as you always do for every race weekend. Uh, and again, we don't have a, a DFS lineup to go off of yet because we don't know what the budgets are. We won't know that until likely Wednesday. But stay tuned to social media for inklings of what something like that might look like. We will have the starting lineup on Saturday at 11.15, the race will take place on Fox, 3.30 p.m. Again, it's at Richmond. Should be a fun one. I'm excited to see what kind of uncertainty this season brings to a, what's been a predictable track in years past. It's, it's worked wonders on every track we've been to so far this year. So we'll see how it goes. Again, thank you so much for coming up to the, uh, the most important stop of the day, the money stop. We're going to drop the jack, and we will see you next week. make them want to come back from